0: Manitoba elects their 24th Premier. Or did they? This and more on the Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. Welcome back to another episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day as always. All right, Manitoba, where do I begin? It seems like everything the Manitoba progressive conservatives touch, it just blows up in their face. And this has been going on for the last two years now. This is the result of Pallister's segregation, his two-class system, and, um, you know, I bet you he's laughing at us over in his tax haven resort in Costa Rica. Just living it up, laughing at the results of his, um, his government. It, it's unreal. On November 2nd, Manitoba swears in its 24th premier of Manitoba and its first female premier. But that comes surrounded with controversy again. This is not the first time that the elections for the Manitoba Premier has been uh, surrounded with controversy. Go ask Ken Lee. He was a candidate hopeful. He met all the financial requirements, had all the backing required, but the inner circle didn't let him pass the interview process, and he was eliminated from the race. Fast forward till today, or till earlier this month, late last month, we had Heather Stephenson and Shelley Glover going head-to-head. But, in a surprise to no one, Heather Glo- uh, Heather Stephenson took the win. Now, when she first announced that she was running, she had the backing of 13 or 14 MPs already the inner circle of the PC caucus. So, I mean, it was a pretty much a done deal. It's very obvious that the PC government here in Manitoba isn't going to let any new blood in they aren't going to let anyone with any new ideas in. They're going to continue out Pallister's plan, his two-class system plan, and uh, that's it. If you don't agree with it, you ain't getting in. Go ask Ken Lee, go ask Shelley Glover. It's very obvious that what's taking place here in the province. And then you wonder why people don't trust the government and they don't have faith in our institutions. Uh, From Global News, disapproval of Manitoba government rising. Angus Reid poll. A growing number of Canadians aren't happy with their provincial governments. According to a survey from the Angus Reid Institute, more than half of the residents in every region of the country now say the provincial government is doing a poor job in addressing housing, affordability, poverty, and seniors' care. About 39% of Canadians surveyed said their provincial leaders are performing well, but that's down 16 points from approval levels in 2019 and 2020. The survey results show 76% of Manitobans think that their government is handling health care poorly. Manitoba is in the middle of the pack for disapproval of the state of the economy at 55%. And just so you know, the only province with a higher disapproval rating is um Alberta. 56% of Manitobans said they approved of how their province was handling the economy in quarter three of twenty nineteen. But now here in twenty twenty one, we're sitting at 31%. Manitobans rank among the lowest for its handling of the drug use and addictions with only 14% saying the government is doing a good job. According to the survey, the current numbers bode well for Manitoba NDP with 43% of decided voters saying they'll vote orange in 2023 compared to 38% leaning blue. So the Manitoba Conservatives are basically handing the NDP handing Manitoba over to the NDP, and that's not going to go well. But that is the approval rating that Manitobans have of the government, and they're literally, like, wondering why, when they can't even hold uh, an election properly. But despite the uh, disagreement of Shelley Glover with the results, um, the show must go on, and Heather Stephenson was sworn in as the 24th Premier of Manitoba at the Legislative Building, accompanied by her friends, family, colleagues, and community leaders. Quote, I stand before you today as Manitoba's 24th Premier. This was something that was once unthinkable, said Stephenson. I reflect on the many people who paved the way to make this possible, and I promise that our government will embrace their values of equity, inclusive, inclusivity, and understanding. Stevenson listed her top priorities as advancing reconciliation, addressing the surgical and diagnostic backlogs, improving education, rebuilding the economy, and focusing on the labour shortage. She noted the government will foster an environment of consultation and better relationships between other levels of government, including First Nations and the Manitoba Métis Federation, businesses, labour groups, and other key players in the Manitoba community. The Premier pledged to create a task force to tackle surgical and diagnostic backlogs, details which will be released in the coming weeks. The government will implement every recomm- recommendation of Dr. Lynn Stevenson's review of long-term health care, Stephenson noted. The Premier will announce the return of the legislative... Sorry, the Premier will announce the return of the legislator in the coming days. She will meet with her caucus and cabinet later on. Now, if you want to know what... The game plan is for Stephenson. You will have to wait until November 23rd. Premier Stephenson's Stephenson's agenda to be unveiled in speech from the throne. The Manitoba government will unveil its new vision for a strong economic and social recovery focused on the health and well-being of all Manitobans in a speech from the throne expected to be delivered on November 23rd, Premier Heather Stephenson announced. The, quote, the COVID-19 pandemic has created and exposed new challenges in our healthcare system and our economy, and our team is committed to taking immediate action to addressing these challenges, said Stephenson. I am truly excited and optimistic about the future of our province, and I look forward to unveiling our agenda, focused, focused on reconciliation, healthcare, education, and the economy and jobs for a healthier and stronger post-pandemic Manitoba, end quote. As a top priority, the Premier noted a task force uh, to clear the surgical and diagnostic backlogs to enhance Manitoba's intensive care unit, the ICU capacity, uh, in the coming weeks. The first sitting of the fourth session of the 42nd Legislature is expected to begin at 1.30pm on Tuesday, November 23rd with the throne speech, and the session will then rise on December 2nd. Quote, I am dedicated to listening, engaging, and collaborating with Indigenous leaders, other levels of government, business leaders, entrepreneurs, cultural and faith groups, and everyday Manitobans as we emerge from this pandemic and work together to build a bright future for all, said Stephenson. So that will take place on November 23rd, but first, on November 19, Shelley Glover will have her day in court. And uh, she has already prepared her affidavit, I believe. And um, on the 19th, the court will decide if they even have the jurisdiction to make a ruling on the interworkings of the election that took place. So we're going to have to hold our breath to find out if uh, Shelley Glover even has um, somewhere to go from here. But I'm going to play you, this is like, I believe, a 14-minute clip. But you guys should totally listen to it because it's it, she was on power and politics. And this is um, what took place in her own words. So before you listen to the media and have them twist it and take things out of context, you could hear it directly from her and uh, what took place and why she is um contested, uh, contesting the results of the election and uh, taking it to court. But after you listen to her say what took place, uh, maybe you'll agree with her. But here is the clip.
1: Progressive conservative leadership race are being challenged in court. The party declared Heather Stephenson the winner. She is now the premier. But the other candidate, Shelley Glover, says the vote was rife with irregularities and claims she can prove it. Glover joins me by phone. She's in St. Anne, east of Winnipeg. Ms. Glover, thank you very much for joining us today. Do you stand by your claim that you are the premier?
2: I'm not the premier because I didn't get sworn in, but I certainly stand by my claim
1: that I was the duly elected premier designate and should have been the one sworn in. So in your court application, you state that there were, quote, substantial irregularities calculated to affect the result. What exactly are those irregularities and what evidence do you have to support your claims?
2: So... There were a number of irregularities, but uh, the basis of this court case is the fact that we, of course, asked for a final number of ballots um, that would be counted the day of the count. That information came to us in a spreadsheet at 12.27 a.m. on October 30th, and that spreadsheet indicated that 16,045 ballots would be counted that day. So seven and a half hours later, at 8 a.m., they began the count. And when the count finished, in the scrutineers' room, our scrutineers and the scrutineers of Heather Stephenson's team calculated all of the boxes' totals and came to a conclusion that I had won in that room. My team was jubilant. Her team was so upset, their lead scrutineer, shook her head, went to the wall, put her head on the wall, and was crying. They continued to talk about who might not have a job, who might have a job still. It was obvious to everyone in that room, and we're talking, I think, about over 80 people in that room, that I had won. Now, I didn't know any of that, Katie, until after the announcement, because in that room, as soon as everyone was jumping and cheering on my side... Suddenly, the ballot boxes were being escorted out, unsealed, and our team tried to stop this. And we're told by the president of the party, Tom Weeb, that they were taking them out and putting them in the auditor's car. And our team said that we haven't signed off the numbers as required for the official vote and the announcement. And he said, you'll find out when the announcement is made, just like everyone else which is not normal practice. And so they locked, one of the um, scrutineers actually, you know, asked to follow the ballots to maintain continuity and was told no. And they were locked in the room. And an hour and a half, two hours later, the announcement was made. Now, going back to that announcement, because that's where I heard the numbers as well, and I knew 16,045 ballots were counted. I knew I needed 8,023 to win, Katie. He announced that there were 82 spoiled ballots, 17 disputed. And then Tom Weeb went on to announce that I had 8,042 ballots. So instantly in my head, I said, oh my God, I'm the premier. I'm the leader of the party. And then he went on to say that Heather Stephenson had 8,405 ballots and had won. But that does not add up to sixteen thousand and forty five It adds up to sixteen thousand five hundred and forty six, which is five hundred and one votes more than we were told day before at twelve or not the day before the morning of at twelve twenty seven a m
1: So you say that this was unfolding in this room and there were some 80 witnesses to what was going on. Um, So far, from what I understand from your court documents, you've got one scrutineer, Kevin Cook, who's a former police officer, uh, who has sworn an affidavit describing uh, uh, not being allowed to follow the vote. But should there not be more than just... If this happened in front of so many people, should there not be more than just one... Do you have more more witnesses to this? All of those people were witness
2: to this. And I don't know how many were in the room. I wasn't in the room. But from what I'm told, there was even more than 80. And, you know, the case that I brought before the courts, you know, I feel horrible because, you know, this could have been settled long time before. I mean, this is unfortunate. Um, but the truth has to be told and justice has to be served. And I, I wish that the party you know, would simply have talked to us when we raised these concerns at the time, but they refused. We had to file Monday morning. We sent a letter to the lieutenant governor Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. saying, there are Irregularities, please hold off this uh, swearing-in. Tuesday, we filed the affidavits, because remember, it takes time to write affidavits. So absolutely, there will be more witnesses. There will be a lot more witnesses. Um, because there were substantive irregularities all the way along this election. Um, But at this point, you know, we have court tomorrow morning, and we're trying to get this done as quickly as possible, because this is in the public's interest. And and this is a major, major seat in the legislature. This is a very important um, case, and it's about being the very first female Premier in our province, so we're acting as quickly as possible and going before the courts with um, uh, what we have, so that it can happen quickly.
1: Uh, I, I just want to be very clear on something. If if there were so many people who are witness to this, why haven't we heard specifically from those witnesses? Why have they not come forward, come forward publicly yet to say, "Hey, we 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 have concerns about how this went down"? Many have. Just look at social media. There is literally hundreds of stories about what they heard, what they
2: saw. Um, I know of several who have uh, offered to speak with journalists, who have offered, offered to speak with um, uh, radio hosts. And, you know, this is not something that isn't out there. It is everywhere. Just have a look at social media. Um, these people are conservatives. We believe in justice. We believe in doing the right thing. And we want our party to do the right thing here. So no one is cowering from this. They want what happened to be fixed. And if you'd like some names, I'm happy to give them to you.
1: Now, the Manitoba PC Party is disputing your allegations. They put out a statement yesterday saying, quote, all ballots from the time they were received to the time they were counted were in the care and control initially of our independent security firm and subsequently our independent auditors. The counting was overseen by our auditors together with a scrutineer from each campaign. They are saying your claims are not true.
2: Katie? I'm going to tell you, there is a big problem with what this auditor did. There is a big problem. Whoever wrote that note knows that that is not factual. Because I'll tell you, Blaine Peterson, an MLA in the legislature, and his wife were the two people assigned to count. They are neither auditors nor independents. A scrutineer from each of our teams was at that table, and it was Blaine Peterson and his wife who did the counting. That is not independent, nor is that an auditor. So I don't know what they're talking about. There was one auditor who wasn't even in the room the whole time is what I'm told.
1: Now, in that same statement, the PC party said that after the election committee speaks with you and your team, that they'll hope that you and your team will come to the uh, conclusion to see that this process was handled, quote, appropriately, accurately, and without favor. Have you spoken with, or any member of your team, spoken with party officials about this yet? I expect to do that today. And what do you want to say to them? Tell the truth. They say that, from their perspective, that you know things went down as as they things were handled appropriately. But you're still disputing that.
2: Well, I mentioned um, way before uh, the end of the um, the, the ballot uh, returns that we needed an extension because it was a mess. It was a mess, and people were. On social media saying, I haven't received my ballot. I haven't received um, uh, my ballot. I've been to three different locations because the party told me to go here and then they told me to go there and then they told And they were running all over the province to try to get a ballot. We did what we thought was right in asking for an extension. And I, I questioned, like, why wouldn't our party want to make sure that all members were satisfied with the process? And from day one, when the, when, when, when The executive council tried to shut down
1: this race and make it a coronation. There were problems. So are you making the allegation, which is an incredibly serious allegation, are you making the allegation that the fix was in from the start here?
2: I'm just telling you what the anomalies were, and you can come to your own conclusion. I'm telling you what happened. These are the facts of what happened. And every step of the way, it was hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. And I tried my very best on behalf of the party, on behalf of its members
1: in particular, to try to solve these things without involving outside people. But you still agreed to participate in the race knowing what the rules were. Absolutely. And I did, I did get over every hump.
2: I'm the only one who did.
1: And I just, want, I just want to be clear, because we live in a time right now where claims about uh, irregular votes, um, uh, voter fraud, what we've seen happen in the United States has really questioned people's faith in democracy and led to certain challenges down there. And so when people come forward with claims of irregular votes and, and irregularities in, in elections, um, uh, it is our jobs as journalists to make sure that if, if those are the allegations, there needs to be uh, evidence uh, to, to back up those allegations. So I, I just want to make sure our you presenting in your court documents that you have the evidence to prove that there are these 501 ballots, these 501 votes that uh, that are unaccounted for?
2: We have the spreadsheet that we got at 12:27 a.m. It says 16,040 ballots would be counted. The math does not add up, and nor does what happened, and of course I was not in that room, which is why you have the affidavit of a scrutineer that was in that room, and you'll see it all over social media. What happened in that room, they all believed, my scrutineers and her scrutineers, they all
1: believed I had won. How long do you plan to fight this? Well, it's not about winning or losing anymore, Katie.
2: It's not about that. It's about democracy. If this is not dealt with, then this is a very slippery slope, right? I said this yesterday that I believe I am the person that should be sworn in. And they swore her in anyways. So I am not the premier. She has been sworn in as the premier. But I believe to the core of my being that a miscarriage of justice has happened. And I would not be... It would be out of my character, Katie to not stand up to injustice. I've done that my entire life. This is about the members, and this is about a party that I have loved and fought for in in my all of my adult years. This is about democracy and a party that must survive. The only way to survive is to have this question, which is obvious. This has to be answered. This has to be... Democracy is 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 alive and well. It is not about winning or losing anymore, Katie. It is about doing the right thing by members of this party.
1: But you are fighting to get to be to the premier, so it is at the end of the day, it is about winning and losing, is it not, though? It's uh,
2: uh, that is that is not what it's about. It's about let's do a revote. Let's take all of the twenty six thousand people who had ballots, or pardon me, who had memberships. Let's do this right. Give them all ballots. Let them vote with no irregularities. And let there be actual um, an actual third-party um, firm that oversees everything. These ballots should never touch the party's hands.
1: All right, we're going to have to leave the conversation there. Ms. Glover, thank you for your time today. You're welcome.
0: All right, Manitoba, there you have it. So what do you guys think? You heard it directly from Shelley Glover and why she is taking uh, the Progressive Conservative Party to court. And she wants to get to the bottom of this. I agree with her 100%. And I really agree with her when she said if the party wants to survive, they need to do this. And I couldn't agree more. I don't know how the PC party is going to survive in Manitoba when... Time after time, they just stick to the inner circle, you know, and it's so frustrating. But Manitoba, let me know how you guys feel. You heard it directly from her. I want to shout out the Canadian Armed Forces. Remembrance Day is a couple days away, past and present. Um, Obviously we wouldn't be here without you guys. So a big shout out to all the Canadian Armed Forces here in the province and in the country. Uh, We all love you guys. But that is gonna do it for today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show. It truly does help. You can follow me on Twitter, at MBFreeThinker. Facebook and YouTube is ManitobaFreeThinker. And uh, I don't upload everything to YouTube, but if you can't find me on your podcast player, you can go to www.mbfreethinker.wordpress.com and you can get all the links to my shows there. So thank you so much, Manitoba, for tuning into another episode. And I will catch you in a couple weeks or so. Love you. Bye. Bye.